Thanks for listening to what is the first in our series of C-Suite podcasts brought to you by the CIPR social media panel. I'm Russell Goldsmith and the topic of today's show is the use of social media in the charity sector. And so I'm delighted to be joined here in the studios at CIPR Broadcast Partners USP by Joe Corner, who is Director of External Affairs at the Stroke Association. So welcome to the studio, Joe. Thanks. Uh, Now, Joe, you've been in your role at the Stroke Association since 2005, Um, so obviously no existence of social media when you started, but what importance does the board at the Stroke Association place on it now? Well, I think we see it as being extremely important. It's true that when we started, it it wasn't on the scene at all, and in a way, the development of our social media presence has has happened almost by stealth. Uh, We started by encouraging volunteers to come in and actually help us to set up our Facebook page, that type of thing. But now we're seeing that really we're building a brilliant community, uh, a virtual community through social media, which is really, really important because actually whenever you've got a cause like stroke and it's such an important cause, what you need to do is to put people in touch with each other, have the conversation and that actually generates loads of ideas, loads of uh, excitement, which then is filtering up at, to the director level. And I think that you know, for the last two or three years, the board has really seen that social media is a crucial part of the service we provide, as well as the building of our community. Well, that's good to hear. We'll come on to sort of like board's understanding um, of, it, of it shortly. Uh, one of the questions I wanted to ask, uh, do you think the charity sector as a whole has embraced the opportunities that, that social media presents? And uh, just sort of recently, we've seen some sort of stunning campaigns, and I'm thinking of the No Makeup Selfie uh, one just recently, only in, in March, um, which I read raised over £8 million for cancer research in, in less than a week. Um, but the charity actually were reported to say they didn't even start the campaign. So whilst it's a phenomenal amount of money, does it, does it also highlight an issue that charities should be leading the charge themselves? Or is it symptomatic that the sector it relies on the creativity of donors? You mentioned yourself about getting volunteers to, to actually sort of you know, help in, in this area. I think it's a balance, isn't it? I think the great thing about social media is the way that it empowers all of your community, all of your supporters to be creative and to start something something up. I and mean, we would love it if if someone came up with something as successful as the no-makeup selfies. Mm-hmm. That would be absolutely fantastic. Um, no one has got the monopoly of good ideas. Um, now, we know that quite a lot of things that go viral and are very successful um, are actually backed up by lots of marketing money. Charities, of course, don't have that. Yeah. So uh, the great thing about social media is that things can go viral without that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think what it means is that we have to be very creative and we have to be less precious and just put a lot of stuff out there and encourage the dialogue, encourage the conversation. Um, so I think that you know charities could do more and I think uh, along with many other charities, we're still learning. Uh, and I don't think that we're ahead of the curve. I think we're we're riding the wave and we're really learning as we go along. But I'm very proud of, of what we have achieved and the fact that we've now got 50,000 Twitter followers and there's a huge conversation going on the whole time is really, you know, what, we, what we're aiming for. Yeah, well, I, I think you are quite ahead, actually, because I, when I was looking, um, obviously, doing my research before, before this interview, as well as your 50,000 followers on Twitter, um, 28,000 on Facebook, 1,500 on LinkedIn, and over 370,000 views on, on your videos on YouTube. So, so doing quite, quite well there. Um, I mean, as, as part of my research as, as well, I read a couple of blog posts by um, 
someone at Evan LePage, um, and he'd picked up on a survey in the US by um, executive search firm DHR International and Modern Survey, and that said that 60% of executives use social media one hour or less per week, and that 90% said that they would use social media networks more frequently and the, more frequently and the quote was if it were helpful to their business. So taking account of you know the success that you're having with all those followers and subscribers um, you know and, and obviously I'm aware um, having recently worked with your team on a, on a campaign that's currently running for action on stroke month which is taking place right now you've recorded various different celebrities um, saying sort of one joke to camera and I, and I know that's getting a lot, lot of pick up online so so obviously you're actively using all these channels but what I'm keen to sort of get for this podcast, given sort of who we're aiming this for, is is what the understanding is of social media in the boardroom um, at the at the Stroke Association, and also what you think it is in the wider charity sector. I think it's a really interesting question, and I think most people who are in the boardroom are of a generation where you know it's come it's come recently. Um, so I think that you know social media is is definitely part of the social landscape for younger people. And for people of my age and, you know, directors, we have to actually engage with that, that landscape. And I think that it is a growing thing, but I don't think that, uh, that all people at director level really are, are engaged in that way. So I think that there is a challenge there. But I don't think it's necessary for everybody on the board to be constantly using social media because the point is that you set off and you empower your community. And as long as you you know that you've got the people in your charity or in your business who are part of that conversation uh, and are helping to generate really new creative ideas and new ways of supporting people, then that's the important thing. So the understanding I think you need at the board level is that this is an extremely important communication tool, that it does involve putting in resources into an area which perhaps board members have less, less understanding of. But those resources are actually really worth investing because the the conversations you get are priceless. The type of peer-to-peer support that stroke survivors can give each other are priceless. And that's the important thing for us. Um, getting you know, new, new forms of communication out there is another challenge. So video is really important for social media, the idea that people can click and link mm-hmm. to all those videos. And it's not an easy thing to necessarily grasp and to do. We're traditionally people who produce, you know, fact sheets and leaflets and support information. Uh, we've got a great website, but actually creating the the community around that is really, really important. It's interesting you talk about peer-to-peer support. Do, do you get a lot of conversation within your Facebook page, for example, between survivors of, of strokes and, and then... You know, in terms of the, like the community giving them that that help, how do- we we definitely do um, on our website and most websites, in, particularly in charities, have got a a forum where people. Uh, talk to each other and, and support each other, give each other advice. I think that that's in a way been eclipsed by what happens on Facebook and not just on our own Facebook page. But um, for example, there there are two or three different really brilliant Facebook pages run by parents of children who've had a stroke. Mm. And that type of peer support is really vital. It's about giving people uh, the idea that they aren't alone. It's about little bits of advice. It's about pointing people in the right direction. And it's not just that we don't have the monopoly as the Stroke Association on that course, advice. Yeah. But but if you're, if you're 
sort of monitor or, or, or facilitating that conversation in your own social channels, does that now create even more work? Because in terms of, I suppose you now have to have community managers and, and moderation of, of those channels. Is that something that you do or are you bringing in volunteers to help with that as well? That's, that is a challenge for us and uh, and particularly because more and more of our staff and our volunteers are beginning to to tweet and to, uh, to you know, take part in that conversation. Yeah. Um, we don't have a huge resource for that and we really are relying on the community to alert us to things. And, of course, you're learning all the time about how you respond because uh, it is an open medium and people can say whatever they like. Course, and we yeah. need to to be relatively relaxed about that. At the same time, we've got guidelines for all of our people about how to use social media and how to what language we want to use as a as an organization and uh, and we really do have to empower and trust our people to do that and i think that that's another thing which sometimes boards find quite difficult is the idea of letting go a little bit of the power but actually it's the democratization of that conversation which is so exciting excellent well um Obviously, we've talked about communities. I'm assuming increasing donations is a given in, in everything that the charity aims to achieve. But um, your role as Director of External Affairs covers a lot of areas. I, I had a quick look at your profile on, on the website, um, and it includes policy development, campaigning and lobbying, website and publications, partnerships and projects, marketing, events and exhibitions. It, it goes on. You're obviously a very busy man. But do you see social media as a, a, a role to play in all those aspects of, of what you do now? It, it has a role in, in all aspects of yeah. any organisation, but particularly charities, where it is the support and the activism of individuals which really makes everything happen. So uh, if you think about our campaigning, our lobbying, we do lobbying at a national level. We try and improve things in the health service, but we also do it locally. And we have a, a campaign supporters network, which really we wouldn't be able to run and support if it wasn't for the digital environment, if it wasn't for social media. Um, if you think about our partnerships, we work with a whole range of small stroke organisations, uh, non-stroke charities, a whole range of organisations, and actually being able to support each other by literally putting their hashtag on a, on a, a tweet or something like that is, is really brilliant. In fact, across the whole of our business, we can use social media. I think one of the big challenges for us, though, is about how we take people from being uh, interacting with us to a, a higher level of support, a bigger commitment. And the thing about social media is you can dip in and you can dip out. So one of the challenges, I think, for charities is how you get people to be a bit more active, to come closer to us. Uh, we can provide them with support information and advice and all those things. They can support provide us with great support just by amplifying our voice or indeed in the end hopefully giving us a donation which is our lifeblood absolutely um well finishing off then because we're we're pretty much out of time but what what's the what's next for social media in the charity sector do you think joe well i think that uh really we need to look at the development of communities even more and again, I think we need to step back and to see how those communities develop. And we, we can nudge them, but we can't control those. And we need to really be listening to the voice of those people who are part of our community, who are our supporters. That's the whole point about social media. It's a bit like having a group of people in a room that you can go and talk to whenever you've got an idea, whenever you've got a thought, whenever you want to announce something. Um, and really, it's about that sort of activism, which I think is really important for charities. 
Uh, in the modern world, charities have to behave quite a lot like businesses. We have to uh, really you know, look after the money. We have to think in, in those ways. But we don't want to lose that voluntary aspect, that activism, which actually makes charities different, which makes us vital and which really is our purpose, which is to support the communities we're here for. So from our point of view, that's what social media can increasingly deliver. And it's a very exciting, if slightly scary area, because we don't know quite what direction it will go in. And of course, the technology and the new software um, is, you know, is coming up all the time. And uh, should we be using Instagram or should we be using some other bit of software? Those questions are always there. And of course, there's an expense involved in that. So, you know, all of those challenges are there. And of course, because it's new, uh, we have to think about what resource we give to that and how we can balance the different needs of the charity. Well, that's, that's a great way to, to finish off. So thank you so much for that. Um, that actually is the end of our of today's podcast. I want to thank my guest again, uh, Joe Corner from the Stroke Association. Um, do please follow them on whichever social media channel you use most. Joe recommends you use the hashtag hashlifeafterstroke um, on Twitter and you'll find um, a lot of the conversation happening there. And as I mentioned, they're pretty active on all of them. So thanks also to the team here at USP for hosting and recording the show. And don't forget, you can keep up to date on all the work from the CIPR's social media panel by following us on Twitter, um, which is at CIPRSM. And if you want to contact me about this series of podcasts, either with any comments or to be a guest here in the studio, you can find me on Twitter too which is at Russ Goldsmith or use the hashtag hash CIPR C-Suite to carry on the conversation about the show as well. Thanks for listening and goodbye.